0: What's up, guys? Lauren here with the Mindful Business Life podcast, uh, co owner of RW Business Solutions, a digital marketing firm located in Charlotte, North Carolina. And today I'm really excited to have a guest speaker with me this week. I don't always have guest speakers, but when I do, I'm just always so excited. And so, Sylvia, so yeah, if you want to tell everybody who you
1: are and what you do. I'm Sylvia Worsham. I'm based out of Austin, Texas. I'm an author, first and foremost, uh, of my first book, Journey to Me, Trust the Wisdom of Change. I'm a Turning Points coach and a multilingual international speaker certified with the John Maxwell team. I'm just so excited to be able to collaborate with Lauren today. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for being here. I I just love the podcast or the talking aspect, because it's, it's expanding my reach and it's just introducing me to such amazing people. And, um, I'm really excited for today's talk. And so a couple of the concepts we're going to go through today is, are you operating from ego, ego or soul identity, how to step into the unknown with confidence and faith turning points can be life-changing. And all these ideas, I love, 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 because they're also important, not just in life, but everything in life, especially when you own a business, your life and your business always flow together. And so a lot of times with this mindful podcast, you hear more of life perspective, but it's because you have to be strengthened in your life to have strength in your business. And so I'm really excited to branch into this. So let's start with that concept. Um, Are you operating? from ego or soul identity.
1: And let me, let me explain those because those are, are two identities I identified in the book. Um, when you go through like major change, we know that you're going to feel a desire to change and move in a different direction when you face a crossroads. And halfway through that change, your fear-based ego is going to start whispering in your ear and start saying, are you sure you wanna do this? And start questioning you and start, you're gonna start feeling doubt at times. And it it it, it hurts people because they don't wanna step into the unknown when they're feeling doubtful. They wanna feel confident. And some people need to see the path before them or they'll uh, have uh, these patterns of behavior that arise during times of stress. Uh, their perfectionist ways will emerge, and they'll work underneath the surface. And that's operating from fear based ego. And when I say fear based ego, ego is not a bad thing. Ego is your self image. But if it's based on fear, and you're operating from the space of anger, resentment, or pain or fear, you are projecting that, like Lauren said, into all areas of your life. It's not just your personal life. You're talking more about it. It can project into your finances. It could project into your career. You start making these, these choices that do not align to the higher identity that we all have inside of us. Cause when we're born, we're born very genius like you know we have all this genius and all this capacity When we're babies we learn how to walk and we're fearless there's like nothing that stops us right until somebody tells us no you can't do that right <laughs> and that's when ego the fear-based ego starts to be um programmed into the emotional part of our mind the subconscious part of the mind so when I say, are you operating from fear-based ego or soul is, are you operating from a space of fear or are you operating from a space of love and abundance and blessing and gratefulness? Those are the two differences. So I don't know, Lauren, what do you, what do you think of that? What, no, I
0: agree. I guess for me, my question is uh, for you, uh, can you give our listeners a way to identify between the two and i you kind of said it but can you lean into it a little bit more
1: sure Uh, when you operate from ego fear-based ego you are allowing certain patterns of behavior to automatically operate for you and there's like about seven that i've identified as a a, in my career as a coach Uh, one that's very common is the achiever or the perfectionist patterns of behavior and the perfectionist as it states is is one where people pretend that everything's okay that's how it manifests Um, they will want to achieve perfectly and if they don't then they consider themselves a failure and usually at the root of all these patterns is a limiting belief And in coaching, we call them limiting beliefs because we all have beliefs about ourselves, but they limit our amazing capacity as human beings to operate at a much higher level, which is where the soul identity exists. When you get above the noise of your mind and you clear your mind and you're into energy work. So I know you understand this part, Lauren, there is a space where you can connect to your inner wisdom and that's where your intuition is the strongest. And that's the soul identity. And at times people want to search for their answers outside of themselves. Well, that's operating from ego identity because you're thinking that something outside of you is gonna give you the fulfillment and the happiness that you seek. Whereas the soul identity kind of takes a step back and says, I already have what I need because I am complete and I am whole. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and um, we kind of—I kind of talked about it in the last podcast actually with uh, someone. It wasn't my podcast, but I was a guest on it. But ultimately, you know. Like some ways you can discern is, you know, is this giving me what we were talking about is like anxiety. Does this make me feel scared? That's when, you know, you're definitely operating from that ego fear-based energy, but then when it's soul satisfying, right. When it makes you feel good, when it lights up your soul, uh, when it motivates you to achieve success in the, in the, in the best ways, that's when you're going from, you know, ego to the soul, uh, mm-hmm. what do you call it, a soul identity. And so I think it's really important that we just re- recognize that, like you said, it starts when we're a baby and it starts with that first no from our parents or our grandparents that start that disciplinary action that then onset our beliefs and our our will to trust in who we are and what we know and what we should do. And so I think that's a really beautiful concept to remind people is that breaking those, um, not even generational curses, but breaking the preconstructed ideas that have been implemented Implemented at a child during our childhood is so important. And going back into what really lights up my soul, you know, is this good for my well being? And um, so many people, you know, rely, like you said, on the external to support the internal, when really um, it is truly ourselves that know what's best for ourselves. In the last podcast, I just said to the guy, you know, when my dad passed away this weekend, I went dancing Saturday night and most people would think that was weird. You know, most people would think I should be mourning on my bed, but ultimately my soul know I know what my soul needs. I know what my soul was calling for, and it was calling for music, it was calling to move, it was calling mm-hmm. for to be in community with people who are there to enjoy their time. And so learning to discern between, you know, what the world says you should do and be and being who your soul says you should actually be and do. So I, I really love that concept. Um, anything else you want to touch on with that, that language there?
1: With soul. And, and this is another way to, to know whether you're operating from soul or ego um, let's say you're, In your career, you are having conflict with coworkers or somebody that you are working actively with and you get into this conflict, right? When you operate from ego, you allow your fear to dictate your actions and your reactions. You get easily triggered and you don't step back. Whereas the soul identity, your higher self, which we're all created to be, kind of takes a step back takes ownership for their role in it and lets go of the feelings that are currently triggering. That's in full alignment to give you an example because ego will always come and play. Your past programming is always gonna come and play in into your conflicts into your life and and it's going to manifest very differently for each person for some people they will go into an achiever mode where they just achieve 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 others are going to get easily overwhelmed and when that overwhelm hits them they're going to want to control their circumstances and so if they're fighting with someone they're going to fight for control in that fight And that's how it manifests for them. And that way, you know, you're operating from a fear-based ego. And that's why we we say take ego out of the equation. And you say, you know, you take ownership and that, that deflects, that completely deflates a whole conflict (laughs) from even like getting escalator or rising. And that happens in our normal lives, in our relationships with our spouses, with our partners in work. I mean, it just, it it projects everywhere. So one of the things that I always tell people is get um, aware. Awareness is a very big step forward of what is triggering you, what feelings are showing up for you and make those connections because it's always connected to the feeling. If, if you can stop it at the thought before yeah. it it promotes that feeling and you interrupt it at the thought, you're, you're doing way better than to just allow it to, to automatically take its course, if you know what I'm saying. So Absolutely. that's all I really wanted to add to that. I didn't know if that went with your dialogue or not.
0: I, I, I want you to be able to express anything that you feel like feel needs to be out. You know what I mean? So there's no, there's no rules or regulations. I, I love full expression. And so for me, like coming back onto just the same concept of identity, uh, whether it's ego or, or your soul, um, you know, in the business aspect of it all, you know, some ways that you can see that you're more ego driven in businesses when it's money oriented, money oriented, where it's you know, the connections are not true connections. It's mm-hmm. how can this person serve me and my business? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, uh, not, not again, not that community aspect. And so mm-hmm. being led um, in business and knowing to discern between the ego and that soul driven purpose, you know, to serve others is what we're here for. And to, mm-hmm. and then to take care of ourselves and learn ourselves and, and learn through the lessons. the And so, you know, money will come to you when you're doing the work for man, when you are truly trying to support and elevate a community. And so if you are ran by the money and ran by the nervousness that someone else is taking what you have, or someone else is constantly like working against you, you're going to stay in this low frequency of ego driven lifestyle, and you're not going to to see the success you want to succeed. But then if you move into the abundance mindset, like you said, and move into this collective collaborative energy or this I'm supported, the money will come. Mm -hmm. You're living your business life in a soul led way, and you're going to see it flourish in all the right ways. And of course, there's going to be bumps. There's, it has to be, but ultimately moving from ego business to soul driven business is going to elevate you out of this area of lack and bring you into Mm -hmm. this area of opportunity. And so I just wanted to touch back because it is the mindful business life. And yes. I just wanted to make sure I touch back on some business things that popped up for me or anything that pops up. I'll, I'll definitely share, but that was it for me is just reminding people that the, that ego and business looks like scarcity look mm-hmm. of a uh, lack uh, of not having, and we can definitely move into that through collaboration and community. So I just, no, I, was, I know
1: totally You're, you should have heard like one of the conversations we were having on clubhouse this morning and it touched on that wow. girl was on stage and the moderator interrupted her completely because she knew that she was about to say the point that she wanted to make so there's that scarcity mindset showing so she muted the girl muted her completely and then took over the entire conversation and it just shows you how that scarcity mindset shows up for people yeah. so if that's you consider this if you want to attract if you want to attract abundance into your life you must raise the vibration to soul and like she and like lauren said it's me versus we where do you stand the yeah. we is the soul and the me is the uh, fear based ego Indeed. So. Indeed.
0: And I love that because I'm so big on that concept. Like you just said, we, you know, I have a business partner and like, you know, I do a lot of stuff and it looks like I'm doing a lot for me, but in my mind, it's for the we. Always. I mean, Mm -hmm. the whole run for president is for the we. It has nothing to do with me. I want to live in a tent in a cave. I want to be homeless someday. You know, I'm doing this because we need it. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's really important that we concept. It is. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes you're dealing with life alone. So it is you. Mm It is me, right? I'm grieving, but my family is grieving. My friends are grieving. And so we are collectively grieving, you know, and leaning into that. But ultimately just realizing that it's not, it's never just you, unless you want it to be you. And the more you open up and, and let your soul shine and let your heart be open, the more success you're really going to have. And I learned that years ago, once I said yes to collaborating, a lot of my dreams came
1: true. I love that. I think that's amazing. And collaboration is so, it looks so different on so many different people. And I commend you for putting people first and serving humanity first. And that's why I knew I liked you the first time I met you because we were in full alignment with that. Because when you do, like you said, you do attract and you attract immense abundance into your life. And it's better than you ever dreamed it could be. So the more you give, the more you receive.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And we are so on alignment. I, I was like, I was saying on the other one, it, uh, it, it's just like so many of us are really being called to step up and to share this, you know, these ideals and more and more people are awakening to the the concepts and being more open and receptive to these ideas and it that's how shift happens little by little seed by seed um you know that little garden sprouts into a field at some point you know just by doing what we're doing right now and i'm i love it so Um, so I love that, but yeah,
1: (laughs) we could go on and on about soul and ego because really we could just play off all day on it, but I know you want to move on. It's, uh, uh, to (laughs) to the second question. Yeah. Uh, Step into the the unknown confidence and faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one right now, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. I think, you know, (sighs) The pre-programmings of our life have left many feeling not confident and um, unsatisfied. And so um, this is really a great one to move into because, you know, we're, if we're going to elevate our consciousness, if we're going to expand into being the best human beings, the best business owners, um, we have to be confident in it and we have to be okay with our mess ups. And we just have to go, oh, that, that didn't work. Let's move on to the next thing. But it's in that confidence of, oh, it happened. It didn't work. Let's go, you know, let's try something new. And so I think a lot of people just have to learn to let go and, and trust and believe in that internal dialogue of you got this and move freely and abundantly from there.
1: I think where, and, and something that came up as you were speaking, I love what you said. Turning it over to the business part, because this is a a business podcast, so I really want to be cognizant of that. Let's talk about that, because there are times that people are resigned. Now we're going through the great resignation. A lot of people through COVID started to look at their life and see, is this it, or do I want to be something more? And I think they started to elevate into the soul identity where what is my purpose in life, what is my higher purpose, and am I fully stepping into it? And this is where it gets scary for people because it's not part of their programming. Yeah, It's totally different from the programming you're used to having. So one of the things that I share in the book Journey to Me is uh, a time when I was transitioning from corporate America into the stay-at-home space, and then from there into entrepreneurship, which is a very scary transition for a lot of people. I know it was for me because I thought, do I have the value? And there's that ego identity coming in to whisper, do you have what it takes to build a business and step fully into your soul's uh, purpose, the, the purpose you were created for? So, how do you step into it? Is really recognizing, you know, why you're not stepping fully in there. I think a lot of people want to like just hurdle over that programming and not work on it, but be aware of what that programming is, like how it shows up in your life so that you can put some interruption into it. So the minute your thoughts start to like, you know, promote that feeling of doubt, it's to interrupt it and say, wait a minute, I am enough. I am amazing. And I know I can do this. And what's stopping me? What is truly stopping me from doing this? And I think most people, um, and this is where your work comes into play a great deal when you do the energy work that you do or the meditation work that we do. A lot of people look at meditation and and kind of dismiss it at times, or they think, why do my mind is not going to be able to do it? But I had to tell you, when you get your mind uh, quiet, a lot of these answers that have been swirling around questions you've had suddenly come to you. And when you step into what your soul is calling you to do you know you're in alignment with it when you step in there and you immediately feel confident and powerful and there's zero doubt in it and you just keep moving forward because every time you step in there more is revealed to you and i it's happened to me repeatedly in my life i don't know if it's ever happened to you lauren where. I mean, we all feel the fear and what am I doing am I am I on the right path and and you see some people I've I've talked to people before where they say well I need to see my entire path before I'll step in there to me that's an indication that your ego you're stuck in ego identity where you need to have control of your circumstances, or you're not going to move forward. So one way to interrupt that control is to stop the thought and to affirm. Affirmations are extremely powerful. And I think most people forget that they would rather call themselves losers. Like it's so easy for them to do that to themselves. I'm a loser. And it like comes out like nothing, but it's an entirely different matter When you start to affirm to yourself, I am enough. I am worthy of, you know, uh, of this career, I have what it takes, you know, whatever your beliefs are and start turning that dialogue around in your head and actually start to look in the mirror and accept and adopt the physiology of someone you admire that already has the life that you desire and start stepping in there. Kind of like that, that whole saying when they say, uh, fake it till you make it. Well, there's some truth to that. You know, you, you smile, you're tricking your mind. You use the power of your imagination. Your your conscious mind doesn't know the difference whether it's real or not. Right. If you start to imagine yourself being this author and you know autographing books and you know stepping into that uncertainty of like I'm getting, my desire is to be an author. My desire is to change careers. My desire, whatever the desire is, stepping into it is a whole different matter. But every step you take, you will see your path clear. What right. do you think of that, Lauren? Honestly, what, what has been down a lot of points over here. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I guess, you know, uh, I always tell people I lived a very different life. I, I don't know what God instilled in me, but God instilled this confidence at a very young age, this strong discernment at a very young age to be like, that doesn't resonate with me. And this is what, you know, this is me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my mom and I went back and forth over that quite a bit at a young age. I wasn't disrespectful, but I also just wasn't going to let someone tell me something that didn't sit well or that they couldn't explain thoroughly enough for me to actually believe. And, you know, I, my whole life, I wanted to go to school to be an astronaut. I studied airspace in college for a while. And so, you know, very, I used to be very fact driven, very logical. Um, luckily, I'm a combination of flexibility and, and logical sex, But, um, you know, very young, I had a confidence that nobody could touch. And what, and it wasn't necessarily in my body, but it was in my mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't be swayed just because you said something. It was like, let me go research this. Let me mm-hmm. go see if I actually believe what you're saying. And so at a very young age, I, I just have always been kind of that, that powerful human being to not be um, swayed too much in my mindset. And so, I tend to be a little more different than a lot of people because of that. And I think it's what has allowed me to be as successful at such a young age as well. And I'm so grateful for it. Um, but I loved when you said, um, you know, interrupting the negative thought, because I talk about this all the time. I'm certified in neuro linguistics reprogramming. So it's subconscious work, getting to the root of why you think or feel a certain way. And I'm trying to work your way through it in a healthy manner. And um, I do this a lot where if, especially with grieving over my father, you know, if I find myself going down a rabbit hole, I go, I know you're having a rough day. I know this is hard and it might not get easy for a while what can we do to satisfy your soul? What can we do? Maybe you should take a breath right now. Let's take a few breaths. Let's breathe deep, you know, take a pause. You don't have to run out the house. You don't have to drive right now. You know, if I'm in the car and feeling that way, it's like, all right, let's center. And so I'm very big on that concept of learning to not cut the negative thought, but to receive what you are going through,
1: process
0: Mm -hmm. it, and then ask yourself what you can do in turn to help Shift that perspective or that focus, and so I I love that idea. I'm really trying to also instill that into so many people because it's a it's a it's almost like having two human beings in one body, and you know the devil and the angel kind of vibe that everyone
1: does. Ego or the soul, which one would you like? (laughs)
0: So, you know, having two beings who like have to now work together, not we're not going to fight each other. Right. We're not fighting. We're not here to fight. We're here to work together to figure out what we can do to bring Lauren back into center, you know, and so creating that friendship within yourself to then help offset those negative thoughts and feelings. Because I tell people at the end of the day, you are all you truly have. Everyone could walk away from you, but you will still be there. And if you're not your biggest cheerleader, if you're not your own therapist, if you're not, you know, all the things you need, then what are you? Who are you? And so that leads me to the point of perspective question from Deepak Chopra that says uh, he's got four soul questions. But the one that I would love for people to linger on, to meditate on is who am I? Mm -hmm. And I tell people, you know, I'm a yoga instructor. And so when I bring this up, you know, a lot of people are like, I'm a mom, I'm a sister, I'm an auntie, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner. And in time it's going to get deeper. And so now, you know, when I ask myself, who am I, you know, I, I say, I am a servant to God. I am a light for those who need support and guidance. I am a woman who is powerful and magnetic and, and in energized by life and is driven right and so it it molds into finding like your trueness of your soul and so I just wanted to throw that out there you know um, lean into that question of who am I and you know as somebody who's trying to run for president of the United States that is a daunting task it is a scary task it's not an easy one to just be like I'm just gonna. I'm gonna run. <laughs> like nobody <laughs> just wakes up and says that, right? So it's one of those things where that takes a lot of confidence to go. I'm ready to experience the backlash. I'm probably going, but then also experience the positive uh, reactions I'm going to get, and I'm gonna keep pushing through no matter what pops up. And so every day it's like, girl, are you really doing this? And it's like, I'm really doing it. God has laid this on my heart for some reason. And it's not about being president. It's about help shifting perspective. And, um, and if I have to do that, I'm willing to be that. But my last little point was, um, you know, the concept of faith over fear. You know, stepping into who we're meant to be in the faith that we're being guided to our highest selves, and not mm-hmm. being fearful of what what's out there and what could be. And so, I um, that's a big mantra for me: faith over fear. Faith over fear. And so those were just some things that have popped up for me.
1: <laughs> and you know what? It's interesting because a lot of things went through my mind as you were talking. I loved what you had to say about stepping, asking that question, who am I, and getting deeper into that question? Because the one thing that popped in my head was one, I am God's masterpiece. Mm. And I say that to myself, I affirm that. And my daughter looks at me because I ever since she was a little girl, I've taught her to do affirmations. She's seven now. and I, and it's Vivi, like tell yourself what you want to tell yourself and what kind of day you're gonna have and who you are at your core. And, yeah. and in part it's because I'm I'm telling her that you're right. Everybody could move away from you. If you can't look in the mirror and be your biggest cheerleader, you're going to be be having a real hard time with this. (laughs) You're going to be stuck in that ego identity for a long time because, and you're not going to find the joy that you can have in the journey. There's always joy in the journey, no matter what you're facing, no matter what turning point you're going through. There's always joy in the journey and how you talk to yourself, how you incorporate self love. Because really what you were talking about, Lauren, in essence, is self-love. How do I love myself? How how can I be there for myself? Give myself my own significance. I mean, for a long time, I wanted my husband's approval. Like I sought it, my second husband. And I, you know, every time I posted something, I wanted him to post something and like give me the significance I was seeking. And in this last period of time um, in... 2021, 2022, the start, God has been sending me these messages and these promptings to give myself my own significance, to step fully into it myself. And significance is a big deal to me because I grew up with a limiting belief of I'm not enough, or I'm not worthy of my dad's love, speaking of dads and parents and, and that dynamic. And so it it projected onto my relationships with other men. And I sought that attention from my husband's because I've had two. And every time I didn't get it, I felt not enough, more, more, more. And I was more stuck in that victimhood than, than ever. And I lived in that for a long time. So I know to recognize the victim mentality too, which is very alive and well in our culture. You know, people placing blame and wanting this or that from people. And if you don't change, then I won't change when people don't realize that change is a gift you give yourself. And when you understand self-love and you see yourself the way that God sees you, I mean, your whole view changes. And so that uncertainty that you're like so afraid to to step into, I know, Lauren, both you and I have turned to God in those times of uncertainty. And what does God do? He comes through abundantly and he guides us into our own light, into where our soul is in full alignment and fully joyful. Joyful because that's what he wants for us. He wants joy in our lives, right? And I touch on this in a great deal in Journey to Me. A big part of the theme going through the book is, in times of change, turn to God, for he will guide you to your light. Because you are light. All of us have a light inside of us. We have these amazing gifts that have been left untapped for so long. And when we tap into it, fully and we step fully into that alignment and we let go of all this other programming we received as kids and we interrupt those thoughts that just are not in alignment to the amazing person we can be wow I mean like wow you're going to become that person that you were created to be yeah and step into it and and you will receive abundance because when you have that abundance mindset and and you turn to the to god or your higher source whoever that is if some people talk universe and some people talk you know inner wisdom i know lauren and i talk god so we're just going to say the word god out there for those that align to that but it's different for everybody else you know for everyone whatever is in tune whatever i'm saying right now whatever lauren is saying whatever's in in alignment to your soul that's what is meant for you in this podcast so
0: yeah. And just, you know, kind of back picking off that concept, you know, God will show up to you. However, God needs to show up to you. And if that's through the universe, if that's through Allah, if that's whatever it is, that's God showing up for you in the state that is how you will receive. And so know that, you know, just because we say God doesn't mean what you say is wrong. You know, everybody has their own right to feeling and receiving God's knowledge, wisdom and love, however it best supports them. And so um, going back to like, um, pre-setting your day, right? Um, Finding journey or joy in the journey. You know, I'm a big on, Um, reminding people that before you go to bed, before you lay your head down, just say, tomorrow's going to be a great day. You know, I'd like to land this client. I'd like to have, you know, a really great dinner with my significant other or myself, or, you know, almost pre-planning the day, um, but um, also being flexible in whatever may come up. Um, But joy in the journey is absolutely important. And it starts with you just kind of setting that mindset. of I'm, I'm ready to receive whatever's popping up for me and I'm going to turn any negative lesson into a positive asset to launch me into the places and spaces I'm meant to be. And for me, um, my life was going really well, but when I finally turned to God, um, 2 years ago um you see a significant change in my life and just the opportunities and the growth and the expansion in my life just tripled and so for me it is valuable highly valuable to continue leaning into God. I was an atheist as a child, um, especially after my father or my um, brother had passed away when I was 14. I was very young, couldn't understand the concept of God. I was like, nah, we're good. I'm not here for this, you know? And before that, I was already questioning who is God, this man in the sky. It ain't it. It ain't for me, you know? And those were the ways my mom always felt so resistant with me, but It took a long time, but it took God wanted me to experience God in God's way. Right. And so God took me through this, like, forget man's laws, forget what man told you to be, forget what man told you God was and experience me as I am. Mm -hmm. And I went through this spiritual path rather than this religious path path in the church. And I went through this spiritual path. And now my connection with God is so clean, so clear, so receptive, so receiving that, um, you know, I, I really have a great idea of all that is God, which is all that is all that will ever be. And um so I just, I love that concept of turning to God, turning into turning to whatever God you pray to, whatever mm-hmm. universal energy you need to really reach to. But it is very true that God gives us gifts and we have been dumbed down by man to believe we are ungifted. We are not worthy of being gifted. And that if we feel like we have gifts, we are witches and we are bad people. (laughs) But in the Bible, it literally says that there are gifts that God gives. And it's very important to, when we use our gifts, to use them with a positive intention and know that when we're giving our love, those gifts to others, that our heart needs to be pure, but we all all are gifted and we all can do magical things, but they're all, we do the magical things because they're gifts from God and they're God's hands coming through as us.
1: I love that because he does. He uses us as the messengers of his message, his message of we. Yes. Yeah, when we, because you look at the Bible and there were two things and I wasn't very well versed in the Bible. I grew up Catholic and I didn't know what I was praying to like my first marriage. I'm sitting there like kneeling down from the Virgin Mary and I'm like, what am I supposed to pray for? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was so oblivious because there's a huge difference between religion and faith. Religion, yes. is, you know, the man-made piece and the faith is the journey that God takes you on, um, as however you see him. And I see him as a father because I've I've always felt that presence around me as a father. So it's different. I've, I've talked to many people and they feel the presence of, of a female, you know? So it just depends on how it, it shows up for you. You'll know right away when he's in the room or she's in the room because you will feel his presence or her presence when you're talking. Like I felt his presence earlier in our conversation. So I knew we were in alignment to what he needs to be said. Uh, for the message and the gifts that both you and I have. So because we're collaborating, we're using each other's strengths to bring to the world. And that is an amazing thing that I felt since the moment I met you, but I, love that. I think there's just so much we can say, but I'm with you. I, I, I did not have a relationship relationship with them until I had a major turning point in my life like huge to where I nearly died in 2012. Um, And after my divorce, I started talking to him more and I started to listen to his promptings more. And I would, more importantly, I would act on them because in God's timing is very different than our timing. We want it now. That's the ego coming in to operate and just saying, well, I want this now because this is what I want. But what we don't see is that we are part of a master plan and we're a piece of it. And how we operate within that piece is what makes this such a beautiful collaboration with humanity, right? Uh, And But when I nearly died, I I took a very big, bold step into total surrender because the medical community did not expect me to survive. They gave me a 20% chance of surviving. I walked in with chest pain. Um, I was 37 years old made the mistake of taking birth control pills after the age of 35. I was dating my second husband, so I didn't want to get pregnant. Well, that was the least of my worries. And I walked in with chest pain and I had multiple pulmonary embolism. I had passed two large blood clots through my heart the night before, which was miracle number one, that it did not stop my heart because the doctors were shocked. They were like, they're huge. How did you survive the night? But that's a different story. That's in chapter eight, I believe in journey to Me, I go into the full detail of what went on there. But the gist of it is when you're faced with death and you have six doctors coming into your hospital room and saying, we have a real problem. I thought that was a problem. The bigger problem was I had a massive blood clot and it uh, completely blocked the main vein that uh, gives blood to our organs, the vena cava. It, it was completely clotting it and it was blocking my liver. And the doctors were like, you're going to go into acute liver failure if you don't stop this thing. So you're going to have a transplant team on your case. And the three doctors on my right were the transplant team. So here I was faced with pulmonary embolism, potential liver failure, being on a transplant list. And then when they started going through the side effects of the medication, they were going to put me on to try to stop this thing from, you know, killing me. They mentioned death and hemorrhagic stroke. So I hear I'm like, wow, lose, 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 way lose over here. You know, all these, it's not a win-win situation. It's a lose-lose situation. And when you're faced with that, the only thing that I remember feeling was I need to surrender. Full surrender. And when I did, he came through abundantly. Because what became impossible to the doctors became possible for God. And when you have those experiences with him or her, there is no doubt in your mind that when you turn to him in times of enormous change, enormous stress in your life, he will come through for you abundantly. We're the ones that abandon him or her. He never abandons us. We, our egos, our fearful ego tells us that immediately. Like, oh, he's abandoned you. He's not there for you, you know? And you're angry and resentful. But when he does come through for you, when you turn to him, and pray to him he will come and and abundantly serve you Uh, when you have those experiences it just changes your relationship forever and so at when i say turning points can or are life changing is you can use those turning points for to shift your lens to shift your focus from the life that you were living and to really get very clear on what got you to that turning point and what can you do differently is there something you can do differently and in my case I was living um, an achiever. Uh, I was achieving to be happy. And I stressed myself out. And I was modeling horrible behaviors to my young son. As a single mom, when I got divorced, I had all these fear-based beliefs. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was automatically uh, modeling these things to my boy. And then when I nearly died, it kind of woke me up to a different path. And it can for you too, but it's just a matter of you asking yourself, what can I do differently? How, what can my, what has been my focus and what can I shift to?
0: I love that. And wow, wow. I'm not taking birth control pills after 35. (laughs) Um.
1: It, It was a scary girl, like really scary. Cause I had taken them safely for years. But once you turn 35, things change in your body. And yeah, that's buddy. good to know. Like, I
0: hope the women listening hear yep. hear that, right? Like, that's God putting a little tidbit out there for you to like <laughs> listen and and take it advice for. So, yeah.
1: Um.
0: So, so I I love all that. Thank you for sharing. You know, that's such a big thing to happen. And and as I um as I deal with my dad's death, right this is teaching me a a lesson. And so, you know, what came for me is each lesson is a turning point that can change your life. Mm -hmm. And we are met with lessons every day, whether it's a conversation with somebody who doesn't agree with our thoughts, whether Mm -hmm. it's a car accident, whether it's a death, whether um, it's, you know, Issue, It could be anything, you know, that's our lesson. And so I really, um, I definitely try to ask that question. What is it that I'm supposed to learn from this situation that is arising? And instead of going, oh, why did this happen to me? Right. And going back into that victim mindset or the Mm -hmm. woes me. And it's more so, how can I educate myself? How can I learn to handle a situation better? Um, how can I support myself better? Should this opportunity or this type of thing arise mm-hmm. again? Do I need to remove myself from these people, places, and things that are no longer serving my soul? And so I just want to remind people that like every instant that pops up that makes you have to question um whatever it is that you're in is an opportunity to change a point of perspective, a pre-programming in your mind, in your soul that you need to let go of. And so that's just kind of what came through for me personally through all that.
1: You know, it's funny that you mentioned lessons because I, I talk about the lessons I learned through the turning points in the book. And each chapter had a lesson. And the biggest one that I think most of us, struggle with is patience in his timing like I mentioned earlier it's we we view life so differently at times and and unfortunately we're viewing it from the emotional mind the emotional mind is fully in control unless we interrupt it Uh, remember that the subconscious part of the mind represents about 90 percent of your total daily activities and I think most people forget that you know sometimes you're driving in the car you don't even know how you got there well that's your subconscious mind based on muscle memory (laughs) like it just knows how you're driving it's scary but if that happens while you're driving imagine with your emotions how much you've programmed them to operate in a certain way and when you when you forget well not forget but when you fail to interrupt those fear fearful feelings fearful thoughts you are making those patterns of behavior stronger in you. They're just getting stronger and stronger. So the more you feed them, the stronger they get. The less you feed them, the stronger your soul identity gets and the more you're able to reflect and stay logical. Because a lot of times we forget, um, we need to, that's why a lot of books talk about uh, calming down, you know, detaching from the feeling. You'll, you'll read all these books in psychology that talk about this. And when there's a reason, the emotion blinds you. You got to allow time for the emotion to kind of like die down a little bit, detach from it and incorporate your logical mind. Because when you incorporate your logical mind in, the, in these very highly stressful situations, like when you're grieving the loss of someone, when you're just in general, like any turning point you're currently undergoing, and you allow your conscious mind to come in, you can actually think things through a little bit clearer. And it's not based on triggers, and it's not based on patterns, and it's not based on limiting beliefs. And the more you work on yourself to elevate those beliefs and shift those beliefs from the fear to the love-based beliefs, so the I'm not enough to I am enough. Uh, I'm not worthy to I am worthy. The I am is the biggest uh, way to start shifting that dialogue and that focus around because remember guys the the law of focus is what you focus on you find what you focus on grows what you focus on seems real and ultimately what you focus on you become so if you're constantly focused on how life is happening to you that's all you're going to see oh and that's why most people get stuck in this victimhood for a long time because that's their focus. But when you start shifting that focus, you start seeing the opportunities and the possibilities. And that's where you start to really come into your own into your own power. And you have the power inside of you and you have the light inside of you. It's just a matter of choice. What choice are you gonna make when you face these crossroads? Are you gonna stay where you're stuck in these circumstances? You're gonna do something differently. Step into that uncertainty With faith, confidence, and more importantly, belief.
0: Absolutely. I uh, went to a Colombian tobacco ceremony a few months back. And one thing that they, you know, they're traditional. So they, their stories, their stuff has been passed on for ages. They have so much um, depth and compassion and just like trueness. And um, one thing they had said is that the heart stays neutral. It's the mind that does all the work. Mm-hmm. And so the heart doesn't get sad. The heart doesn't, um, the heart doesn't feel anger. It's all in the mind. And it's from replaying the situations. It's from having conversations that will never happen. It's, it's from all these things. And so um, it's That has, it's just sat with me for so long. So when I feel into something, I'm like, okay, you know, it's here, you know, now I can't lie, losing my dad hit my heart chakra like crazy. And I keep saying Mm -hmm. my heart feels different, but it's a leveling up in my heart space. Whether I like to, whether people understand that concept or not, it's, I don't care. It's a truth. My heart is leveling up. And it's experiencing and receiving whatever it needs to, to be a better human being and a better person in this human experience. And so I try to, you know, keep that in mind that when I'm starting to feel sad or down, it's, it's a process of the mind that my mind is just not letting go and moving forward on the things that are more, or that are better for my, my human being, you know, better Mm -hmm. for the human experience. And to run off the fact, like you said You know, you have to work on yourself, you are your greatest project in life. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to educate yourself, if you're not going to move yourself into better spaces, then you're going to stay in these low density energies that you've allowed your parents to pre-program you with people who didn't care about you to pre-program you with society to pre-program yourself with. And so it is a hundred percent important that you're continuously, <laughs> Alan Watts would definitely agree with me on this concept, but you're continuously trying to improve yourself. Um, Alan doesn't believe in the act of improvement. And he's my quote unquote guru. Um, Alan Watts, a great man. If you don't know who he is, definitely check him out. He's, he's dead now, but he's a great philosopher. Um, but I guess you couldn't say it's improvement. It's when you open your awareness, you're ultimately elevating yourself to your best being. And in the long run, that is an improvement on who you were to who you're going to be. And so again, it's so important to align with your highest self, asking yourself, the uncomfortable questions, but yet giving yourself compassion to mm-hmm. lean into who you really are in whatever moment, in whatever situation, but know that you're going to come out of it. You make it out of 99.99999% of your days, right? You're still so mm-hmm. here no matter what you've been through. There's a reason you're important. Um, you have more to learn, more light to give. And so just please definitely lean into that concept. Um, doing things that light your soul up and aligning into your best being. So that way you can be the love and support, not only for yourself, but for others.
1: I love that. Oh man. I so love that. The last bit, it's like love on yourself. So you can be there for everybody because we, we do, we want to be there for everybody. And then you have people forgetting about their own self-care, but they want to give 150%. It's like, you're exhausted. How can you do that? You know? So I think it's, I think it's amazing. Like how, I've loved this conversation. I can't tell you how much I've loved this conversation. I think there were a lot of great points that we both made and, and all for the benefit of whoever listens to this because it's for them.
0: Yes. Ultimately
1: it has nothing to do with us. We just happen to be the messengers of this message that just originated out of our own awareness and consciousness and and I do love the fact that you're into the chakras because I have so many questions about that but that's for a different conversation. Which we
0: definitely have. We will definitely be back together to have more talks. I love this so much. Yeah. Um, I want to give you time to talk a little bit more about your book. This is such an exciting journey for you. I'm so proud of you. I am so excited for you. I love to see people succeed and to share their experiences. And this book, I'm excited to read. I cannot wait. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about the book, when it launches, how we can find it, all
1: the good things, how to find you. How to find me, I I can certainly send you all those links. um, I've got a few. Yeah. So this is the book Journey to Me, Trust the Wisdom of Change. It is available in all formats, really. It's not just Amazon, anywhere online because I put it on Ingram Sparks and that one works with all the independent bookstores across the country. So anywhere you go, you can have them order the book, Uh, but I can always offer the Amazon link because that's just the easier one to offer. But anywhere, really, uh, it it has been such an amazing journey to write this book, because for 13 years, God prompted me to write it. And I <laughs> my perfectionist ways, uh, and my fear of failure really held me back. And it wasn't until the pandemic hit that the prompting just got so strong. And at this point, after having surrendered to God, I know, to listen to him, to the promptings, and more importantly, to act on them. And every time I did, I, I refer to these things as God instincts in the book, because a lot of people say, you know, gut instincts or inner wisdom or intuition. In my in my humble opinion, because I'm a believer of God, and, and my journey has been so different with him, I called it God instincts, right? I love that. And every time I stepped into it, it was, I won abundantly more so than I ever imagined myself like what I thought was like amazing turned out to be like it paled in comparison to what he delivered for me and so when I started writing the book it really became a healing journey for me there were chapters I did not want to write and I um he kept prompting me to write them and now I understand why He prompted me to write them because I healed those aspects of myself that were blocking me, speaking of chakras, blocking my heart, blocking my throat chakra uh, from aligning and uh, adopting those gifts fully. And it'll because there's times that we carry so much guilt and shame in our lives. And those were the chapters that kind of covered those things. And as women, I, I know the women listening will understand the guilt and the shame because as moms, we, we make mistakes as parents and we carry that inside of us. And when we carry that inside of us, unfortunately, that is in disalignment that blocks us in the chakra world, it blocks you. So you really want to balance that out in you. And so I I have a neat little trick that I'll share with everybody today quickly is when I feel blocked, I envision standing in a tornado of those negative feelings. And I picture those feelings being pulled out of my body physically. And they're funneling all the way to the sky where God is receiving them because we can't be the best version of ourselves with all of that going on inside of us. So when this journey was not only healing, it taught me so much about myself and it taught me so much about how resilient I had been throughout my years. And in and, and the last chapter, I will give you a sneak peek. The last lesson that God taught me was on self-love because that was a big one for me. I did not understand that concept. I came, uh, my background, I'm Mexican it's not something that most people know about me because my last name is Worsham. I didn't understand that concept. <laughs> you know, they they didn't really teach that concept to us as kids. And I always thought it to be arrogant or self-fulfilling uh, or so selfish. or, And in my mind, that's what it turned out to be. But when I finally saw myself the way that God saw me, that was my definition of self-love. And who was I to tell God no when he's who he is and I am who I am I'm his child right I'm one of his more stubborn children but uh, I finally understood the concept of loving God first after writing the book because when you love God first you put your um, your own ideas of what your life's journey is about and really step fully into the soul identity and I am have experienced joy in a way that I've never experienced joy ever, be, ever before. I was so focused on my pain and fear. And in the book, I, I kind of guide you. Uh, it's written from the coaching and light Christian perspective, because I want to meet people where they're at in their journeys. because mm-hmm. That's super important because I don't understand your journey with your higher source of power. Um, I don't know what resentments or anger or any turning points you've gone through. And so it's a book that really kind of gives you the space and the time to kind of look at what is holding you back, what is blocking you and how to get unblocked basically. And I give you formulas to kind of work through. And I I use my story to kind of share with you my mistakes so that, you know, so that's really journey to me is, is just. Uh, a really, a love letter to my readers. Um, I love that. And I'm really
0: looking forward to reading it and just kind of, and, and remembering that I'm always a student and I'm excited to like, just dive into that and see what I can you know, resonate with, and then I can help you expand that knowledge and that gift that you're giving. And so, um, I really appreciate you taking time and hanging out with me and like, and just getting into such a beautiful conversation because it was just so much fun. And I feel like we, um, um, just have so much insight, you know, and, um, it just it felt really good and i really hope that i can have you on again to talk more uh about different concepts we'll have to touch base on that but um i didn't know if there was anything else like to share um but now i know you can't get rid of the the animals or the people sometimes i get it but it's all good this is real life right we're here to be real we're here to be authentic and real life is there's all the mess in between. And so um, I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to share.
1: Um, no. I'm just, I was just, thank you so much for having me on. And just to anybody who's listening out there, you're a bright light in this world. Don't ever forget that. And we need you to be the best version of yourselves because really, truly humanity needs you to be. So I appreciate the time and the space with you today, Lauren, I've had so much fun truly a lot of fun with you. And you're right. This is real life. We have, we learned that from our time being isolated, you know, like we have kids coming in or dogs coming in or husbands or whatever, you know, it's just like, okay, well, you know, that's life. So I appreciate your time today. So thank you.
0: You're so welcome. And we will touch base very soon and do this again, because it lights my soul up. Like a lot of people like, my one friend who I do the podcast was, they were like, Are you sure this is what you want to do? And I'm like, I, Yeah, like, this this makes my soul happy. This is gonna help move me through the grief. and so I just you know appreciate you allowing me to give that perspective, which I'm going through and I'm grateful that I could give insight off that perspective on the things that we were going th- talking about. So I hope you guys are all having a wonderful rest of your day. Um, this is Lauren with RW Business Solutions bringing you the Mindful business life podcast and we will stay tuned till next week. You guys have a blessed day. I know.